Welcome to the podcast for St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School Sherman Center that's in Random Lake, Wisconsin, north of Milwaukee and south of Sheboygan. We're pleased to share with you recent sermons and Bible classes from our congregation. We welcome you to join us for Divine Service Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We have Bible classes currently offered at 8.15 a.m. on Sunday. Join us to receive the Lord's Word and His gifts. Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. I got started a few minutes early, but that's okay. Um, Today... As we have done in some Saturdays, we, we did in the last couple Saturdays, is actually hear uh, the Old Testament and Epistle readings for tomorrow, Sunday. Uh, and that way, maybe you have a little bit greater um, what awareness of those texts. Uh, maybe if, then you have a little chance to think about them. Uh, I'm not preaching on either of them, preaching on the Gospel text. Uh, but that way, um, you can see maybe some of the themes that are going on in those texts and uh, have a chance for your heart to meditate upon them. Uh, One thing that's also worth mentioning is that uh, there usually are multiple concurrent ideas running um, on any given Sunday, and even within one text, like say, for example, our gospel text for tomorrow, um, there's just no way to to, uh, preach the whole text, at least not in a concise way, (laughs) if I had 45 minutes or something, maybe. Uh, But even then, it might be still a challenge. So, uh, one of the themes for um, this coming Sunday, cantate is um, the idea of singing and singing songs, and uh, we'll have maybe a few things that I can consider with you as we look at our texts on that theme. We begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Psalm 78. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children, so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. The Ephraimites, armed with the bow, turned back on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant, but refused to walk according to his law. They forgot his works and the wonders that he had shown them. In the sight of their fathers, he performed wonders in the land of Egypt, in the fields of Zoan. He divided the sea and let them pass through it and made the water stand like a heap. In the daytime, he led them with a cloud and all night, all the night with a fiery light. He split rocks in the wilderness and gave them abundantly as from the deep. He made streams come out of the rock and caused waters to flow down like rivers. Yet they sinned, still more against him, rebelling against the Most High in the desert. They tested God in their heart by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God, saying, 
can God spread a table in the wilderness? He struck the rocks so that water gushed out and streams overflowed. Can he also give bread or provide meat for his people? Therefore, when the Lord Lord heard, he was full of wrath. A fire was kindled against Jacob. His anger rose against Israel because they did not believe in God and did not trust his saving power. Yet he commanded the skies above and opened the doors of the heaven, and he rained down on them manna to eat and gave them the grain of heaven. Man ate of the bread of the angels. He sent them food in abundance. He caused the east wind to blow in the heavens, and by his power he let out the south wind. He rained meat on them like the dust, winged birds like the sand of the seas. He let them fall in the midst of their camp all around their dwellings. And they ate and were well filled, for he gave them what they craved. But before they had satisfied their craving, while the food was still in their mouths, the anger of God rose against them. And he killed the strongest of them and laid low the young men of Israel. In spite of all this, they still sinned. Despite his wonders, they did not believe. So he made their days vanish like a breath and their years in terror. When he killed them, they sought him. They repented and sought God earnestly. They remembered that God was their rock, the most high God, their redeemer. But they flattered him with their mouths. They lied to him with their tongues. Their heart was not steadfast toward him. They were not faithful to his covenant. Yet he, being compassionate, atoned for their iniquity and did not destroy them. He restrained his anger often and did not stir up all his wrath. He remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passes and comes not again. How often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. They tested God again and again and provoked the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power or the day when he redeemed them from the foe, when he performed his signs in Egypt and his marvels in the fields of Zoan. He turned their rivers to blood so that they could not drink of their streams. He sent among them swarms of flies which devoured them and frogs which destroyed them. He gave their crops to the destroying locust and the fruit of their labor to the locust. He destroyed their vines with hail and their sycamores with frost. He gave over their cattle to the hail and their flocks to the thunderbolts. He let loose on them his burning anger, wrath, indignation, and distress, a company of destroying angels. He made a path for his anger. He did not spare them from death, but gave their lives over to the plague. He struck down every firstborn in Egypt, the fruits of their strength in the tents of Ham. Then he led out his people like sheep, and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. He led them in safety, so that they were not afraid, but the sea overwhelmed their enemies. And he brought them to his holy land, to the mountain which his right hand had won. He drove out nations before them. He apportioned them for a possession and settled the tribes of Israel in their tents. Yet they tested and rebelled against the Most High God and did not keep his testimonies, but turned away and acted treacherously like their fathers. They twisted like a deceitful bow. For they provoked him to anger with their high places. They moved him to jealousy with their idols. When God heard, he was full of wrath, and he utterly rejected Israel. He forsook his dwelling at Shiloh, the tent where he dwelt among mankind, and delivered his power to captivity, his glory to the hand of the foe. He gave his people over to the sword and vented his wrath on his heritage. Fire devoured their young men, and their young women had no marriage song. Their priests fell by the sword, and their widows made no lamentation. Then... The Lord awoke as from sleep, 
like a man shouting because of wine, and he put his adversaries to rout. He put them to everlasting shame. He rejected the tent of Joseph. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim, but he chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion, which he loves. He built his sanctuary like the high heavens, like the earth, which he has founded forever. He chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds. From following the nursing ewes, he brought him to shepherd Jacob, his people, Israel, his inheritance. With upright heart, he shepherded them and guided them with his skillful hand. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Well, that'll be uh, the end of (laughs) our confession of this long psalm, which we did this week. Uh, Hopefully you know it quite a bit better now than maybe you did before. Being a longer one, maybe, well, it's not in our hymnal, so I know we wouldn't have sung it in church. Um, One of the things I wanted to note about it, though, uh, that caught my attention today, is right here, um, you notice that this saying in verse 12 about him performing wonders in the land of Egypt in the fields of Zoan, that comes up again later, namely in that he worked these wonders and then they forgot them. And the psalmist reminds us, Asaph reminds us of how they forgot these words. But notice also um, his deeds here, that he split the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink abundantly as from the deep. He made streams come out of the rock and caused waters to flow down like rivers. God does this great thing for his people, right? In, in both saving them, but also um, um, giving them drink in the desert. But notice that when they speak against God, they take the things that God has done for them and they use them, they use this word against God. You notice in uh, verse 19, he says, can God spread a table in the wilderness? These are the people of God speaking against him. He struck the rocks so that water gushed out and streams overflowed. Can he also give bread or provide meat for his people? You know, the good things that God gives, they're never good enough for his people. Uh, and then they use even the blessings of God um, as a curse against God. Uh, but of course, that's the nature of God's word. It has been from the beginning uh, when the serpent tempted Eve and said, did God really say? <laughs> and uh, Eve, Eve repeated God's word, but then uses it against him. Let's say our memory verse for this week. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father the son in whom he delights. Proverbs 3, verses 11 through 12. Now our catechism. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Now to parents. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Ephesians 6, verse 4. And now to children. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. And uh, as I mentioned, this Sunday is Cantate Sunday, tomorrow, and uh, we keep the church's feast. There is a secular feast, um, oh, that's one that's worth remembering, called Mother's Day, so don't <laughs> don't forget to call your mom tomorrow. Um, I don't know if this counts. I think my mother's listening, so <laughs> does this count as a call? 
Um, but notice, again, as we said in the Catechism, both with the fourth commandment and then St. Paul's um, repeating of that commandment, honor your father and mother, first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you enjoy long life on the earth. He's talking about uh, what a blessing it is um, to have godly parents who uh, lead you in the way that you should go, um, who <laughs> chasten you, who correct you, um, because they love you. All right. Our Old Testament reading for tomorrow is Isaiah chapter 12. And in that day you shall say, O Lord, I will praise you. Though you were angry with me, your anger is turned away, and you comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For Yah the Lord is my strength and song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And in that day you will say, Praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his deeds among the peoples, make mention that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry and shout, cry out and shout, O habitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in your midst. Yes, I see the comments. It doesn't count. Thanks for the correction. <laughs> Um, maybe you know this, especially our day school children uh, will know this reading from Isaiah 12. There is the canticle, it's set as a canticle in um, the service of prayer and preaching, the song of Isaiah. And so they, they might even know it uh, already by heart. I wanted to share with you a little bit of what Luther says about um, this reading. Maybe um, you know that Luther himself uh, was an Old Testament scholar. Um, and so he lectured um, on more on Old Testament readings than anything else actually. And in this in particular, Isaiah, he lectured on, um, I think, the f yeah, all the books of Isaiah. So here's what he had to say about Isaiah 12. Here the prophet depicts the true and lawful worship and sacrifice of the New Testament, and sets up, as it were, a certain hidden antithesis over against the Old Testament and its sacrifices, which were many and varied. But in the New Testament, there was a single sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Thus, the Lord's Supper is called Eucharist, that we may gather around it and give thanks to God. However, the best thanksgiving is that public confession before the world, where Christians, who conf where Christians confess, walk in danger. The prophet foresaw this future preaching and confession of the gospel, which did not take place in the Old Testament. In the voice of the gospel, God is glorified and preached in Christ. You will say, namely, in the church, I will confess. This is what will take place in preaching. Nor shall anything else be heard in the church but the voice of praise and proclamation of God's blessings which we have received. This song is in conflict with all human wisdom and righteousness, which are our works and in which we seek our own glory rather than give thanks to God. Hence, to be pleasing to God is simply to acknowledge that we are the recipients of his blessings, not the donors. A Christian confesses that he was condemned and lost and that he has received from Christ everything that belongs to salvation and righteousness. All his own merits he considers worth nothing. This is the fullest and most perfect sacrifice, and it embraces everything in the Old Testament. There, animals and cattle were slaughtered. Here, our own wisdom and righteousness, our endeavors and works. Hmm. Because 
thou was angry with me. He says, the church gives thanks not for wrath that is present, but for wrath that has been taken away. For when the yoke of sin and death has been removed, then it will it will help to remember the evils. Paul says in Romans 1.18 and in 4.15 that the law brings wrath, and from this wrath the gospel frees when it is believed. But thou discomfort me, that is, thou didst restore to me the voice of rejoicing. Consider Luke 7, your sins are forgiven. In John 1, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Romans 5, for without forgiveness of sins there is no peace but the opposite. Here He is therefore speaking of public, not private, consolation through the gospel. Behold, God is my salvation. This is the description of the peace that comes after the forgiveness of sins has been received. Thus the heart stands firm, and this is proclaimed. Now I have someone on whom I may rely, and in whom I may trust, to whom I may look, namely, God, who no longer is angry and punishes, but saves from every danger and evil. Christians are surrounded by countless evils and varieties of death. Many are the enemies and detractors. But God provides wings so that they may fly away. Christ is with them and preserves them and does not destroy them. I will trust. This is the peace and safety of the conscience when it knows God has reconciled and Christ as Savior and Protector. But if it is afraid of something, this is a temptation of the devil or a residue of the old man. For the Lord God is my strength and my song. This verse is repeated from Moses, Exodus 15, who gives thanks for the deliverance from Pharaoh, where the Jews make no boast of their own merits. So now there shall be proclaimed only the blessings of God that make us safe from our enemies. Therefore, the strength therefore, the strength is my strength, that is, my kingdom, my house, the victorious power through which I have my enemies under my feet and shall trample the serpent underfoot, etc. See, for example, Psalm 91. My song, or my psalm, and the subject matter of my psalm and song, I have no one to sing and chant about but Christ, in whom alone I have everything. Him alone I proclaim, in him alone I glory, for he has become my salvation, that is, my victory. For thus the word salvation is often used in the scriptures for victory, as in 1 Samuel 14, 45. Our victory is Christ, and when we boast of Christ, we shall win. Satan and the ungodly hear the word of God, not willingly, but unwillingly. Yet this word consoles and lifts up the godly, who are alarmed either in the hour of death or in want or misfortune. So Elisha, for example, summoned a minstrel in 2 Kings 3 and in um, 2 Kings 9. Gideon struck down enemies with the sound of a trumpet in Judges 7. The evil of the eyes cannot stand the good light, but is forced to give in to it. Satan is not thrown down are thrown out by means of plans made by the flesh, but by means of studying the word of God. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. After the word of the gospel has been preached and the voice of rejoicing has sounded forth, there flows the discernment of spirits and the distribution of the gifts of the Spirit, of which 1 Corinthians 12 speaks. Christ says in John 7, He who believes in me, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. Waters denote the Holy Spirit, as in John 4. In the noonday heat, spring water and running water are the most refreshing. So it is in the scorching heat of sin. The comfort of the Holy Spirit through the word of God is then most sweet. The wells of salvation are the gospel, sermons about Christ in various places, or even the preachers of the gospel. In that day, when the waters will have flowed out to many because of the gospel, 
because the gospel has already been preached, then will follow also in others the praise that is the sacrifice which you have. Call upon his name. In Hebrew, proclaim his name. Not this or that person's. All good things must be credited to Christ. For a while the name of Christ is not seen, that is, his work is not preached and heard. But then there will, be cor- there will of course, be his suffering and resurrection for our redemption and salvation. Make known his deeds among the nations, that is, his works and accomplishments. Recall them, that is, in public proclamation and confession. So also Christ asked for remembrance of himself in Luke 22, do this in remembrance of me. In Acts 4, there is no other name than the name of Christ. Sing, sing songs, preach, give thanks, gloriously, that is, he has done magnificently, wonderfully. This too is taken from the song of Moses, Exodus 15. He has done gloriously, that is, he has overcome death, Satan, and sin. He has risen from the dead, etc. And all this for us. This shall be proclaimed, not only in Judah, but in all the earth. Shout and sing, sing with jubilation and exultation. O inhabitant of Zion, that is, church, rejoice, because you have you already have the forgiveness of sins, peace, the Holy Spirit, salvation, life, God, and all good things. You have been set free from all enemies. You are safe and not, will not be forsaken. Therefore, you have enough reason for rejoicing. This would be true even if you saw damnation and despair in yourself. For great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Here, have confidence in the Holy One of Israel, that is Christ, who is great, unconquered, yes, all things for you. Although we are earthen vessels, 2 Corinthians 4, we tread Satan underfoot in Christ. And he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world, as 1 John 4, verse 4 says. I imagine Luther's students, as he was lecturing on this text, were rapidly taking their notes as he uh, uh, spoke, uh, well, by the Spirit. By the way, his students did have a... uh, They invented a means of shorthand so they could take notes because apparently he did lecture quite fast. Uh, So there you go. Our epistle for tomorrow is from James chapter 1. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. By the way, uh, when St. James says um, the implanted word, he's speaking of Christ. (laughs) When he's speaking of the perfect gift from above, he's speaking of Christ right? Who has no variation or shadow of turning. When he brings us forth by the word of truth, that means he brings us forth, you got it, by Christ, right? And so we are first fruits in Christ. Always need to make sure we read um, all those key words that Jesus himself um, attaches to himself. All right. And we get to sing our hymn one more time this week. For me to live is Jesus.
for me to live as Jesus to die is gain for me. So when my Savior pleases, I meet death willingly. For Christ my Lord, my brother, I leave this world so dim, and gladly seek another where I shall be with him. My woes are nearly over, the long and dark the road. My sin is made its color, and I have peace with God. Lord, when my powers are failing, my breath comes heavily, and words are unavailing, or hear my sighs to thee. In my last hour, all grant me a slumber soft and still, no doubts to vex or haunt me, safe anchored in thy will. And so to thee still cleaving, when death shall come to me, I fall asleep believing and wake heaven with thee. We confess together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We pray the collect for this week. Almighty God, you show those in error the light of your truth, so that they may return to the way of righteousness. Grant faithfulness to all who are admitted into the fellowship of Christ's church, that they may avoid whatever is contrary to their confession, and follow all such things as are pleasing to you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. pray, actually, a prayer that was given to us by the Siberian Evangelical Lutheran Church, our friends there, um, I think written by, well, one of their pastors. We pray. O Lord Jesus Christ, you went throughout every town and village, 
healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. And all saw the miracles which you did on them that were diseased. Make haste, we cry to you, to help us, for the disease was severe in our land. Save the world from unbelief and proud times, that all the earth may be refreshed and may hope for the judgment and mercy of him who made her. Give the sick ease and remedy to prolong life. Give the sick that they may obtain your help and recover. And may all who wait for the Lord gain new strength. Remember in your kingdom the departed from this world. For you, O Lord, are the resurrection and the life. May all who believe in you inherit eternal life. Manifest to those who cry for the dead the love which surpasses knowledge. And protect us from disaster and despair, so that all might have hope through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures. Offer your help to doctors and nurses, to searchers and the scientists, for from you come healing. Let your peace come over all the earth. Abide with those who govern the world, and fill with wisdom those who have power over nations, to have watching care for the well-being of citizens, which are called upon to serve. Do not leave us when we are in our homes and on the streets, on journeys and in dangers, Compassed by many with sorrows of death, stay with us, O Lord Jesus, our healer, and we will find rest for our souls, for you live and reign forever and ever. Amen. We pray today for faithfulness to the end, for the renewal of those who are withering in the faith or have fallen away, for pastors as they prepare to administer Christ's holy gifts, and for receptive hearts and minds on the Lord's day. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Continue with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, hopefully that helps you prepare uh, for tomorrow's Cantate Sunday. Um, Namely, if you had one takeaway from what Luther wrote, it would be this, that when we sing to the Lord a new song, we're singing the song of the New Testament, the New Testament that is ours in Christ's blood. It's actually for this reason that Luther, when he did his reform of the German Mass, uh, or the Latin Mass, I should say, he actually instructed the pastors to sing the gospel. The gospel reading for the day is sung, and it's actually, he appointed that it be sung to the same tune that we use um, to sing the words of institution in the Lord's Supper, which he also said to sing to that tune. So he would have um, our churches actually sing the gospel reading. (laughs) I know people say chanting, too much chanting pastor, but to sing the gospel reading and then to actually sing 
the words of institution to the same tune so that um, if we ever forget that given for you for the forgiveness of sins, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, if though, that we ever forgot those words um, were gospel, we would, re- we would always remember actually because we hear it sung to the same tune as the gospel text for that day. Um, those are the words of gospel. Those are the new song that uh, we sing out to the Lord tomorrow. So Lord be with you all. And we'll see you uh, for our daily devotion on Monday. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org that's stjohnrandomlake.org slash support and give today.